0: everyone, welcome to the Scottish Rugby Podcast. It's me, John Anderson, in the hot seat tonight with a very special, uh, well you'll see actually it's not tonight, if you're watching this on video you'll see it's not tonight, but we are recording this in the afternoon. Uh, I'm joined by two very special guests to talk about the Women's Rugby Association for the Premier 15 uh, tournament down, down south. I'm joined by Ellis Martin. Welcome Ellis. Hi. <laughs> And, and I'm also joined by Sarah Bonner. How 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 are you?
1: Yeah, not too bad. Looking forward to to getting stuck into this.
0: Excellent, excellent. No, it's an absolute pleasure to have you along. Uh, first, first thing we ask guests that are new to the podcast, um, and actually, it's great that you might actually like this is one that we normally ask people, but they really won't have an opportunity to do this in the future. But you guys, there's every possibility you will. Um, I'll start with you, Sarah. The barbarians come calling. What socks are we going to put put on?
1: Oh, good question.
0: Ellis yeah, is um, loving this she's got a chance yeah.
1: to <laughs> 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 Okay, one of them would definitely be Royal Air Force. Yep. And then the other, oh, it'd have to be Litchfield. Litchfield was my first sort of, Homegrown club. That's right. where I sort of learned the tricks of the trade. It'd have to be Litchfield.
0: <laughs> Excellent, a strong, a strong two sock combo as well. We had someone recently uh, say they would, they were, I think they were saying they would only wear one sock, and it's like you, you, you are allowed to wear two of the same. It's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll allow it. <laughs> Ellis, same question for yourself. Uh, what, what the barbarians? What are we wearing? Oh,
2: That's difficult. Um, I think it would have to be one sock. Hells head John Hill, and one sock Henry, and A. That's that yeah.
0: a very strong combo as well. And I obviously, I've got it noted here, else you you are one of the you know I'm I'm a Glasgow fan as you'll see from the flags behind me, but you are one of the the cross uh, east and west divide players. You've 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 done time at both sides, haven't you?
2: Yeah, and I would ca- call it doing time as well. It's going <laughs> <you're> from the <laughs> west <laughs> and you pop across east. It doesn't feel great, but yeah. I did grow up mostly in the east so I yeah torn heart basically
1: <laughs> no,
0: torn heart, but you'll put, But obviously neither of you are playing in Scotland uh, now you are both playing in the Premier 15s uh, LSU are you're at Leicester uh, I saw the score at the weekend How, how's the season going as a whole and obviously, it was a tough one at the weekend
2: yeah um, I think it's I've said to a few people and I heard it on a different um, podcast actually that it's it's a bit of a privilege to be disappointed at this point um, and I think that's where we are and um, you know we're building and we are disappointed week on week we think oh we could this could be it and then it isn't which is frustrating but it's good that it's frustrating because it means that we have the potential to do it and um, so I think it's just we just need a little bit more time we're ticking away we're adding learning every week and um, but yeah it is definitely is frustrating isn't it like we're getting there but we're not quite clicking fast enough.
0: I saw some of the highlights uh, of of the game itself, and some very good tries scored again against you. Sadly, unfortunately, yeah. but you know when you come up against good quality players, it's it, it's always tough. Uh, Sarah, come to yourself. You, you've you've always got a slightly bigger loss on your hands this weekend, but you're you're playing down at Harlequins. Been there a, a couple of years.
1: Yeah, third season now. Um, yeah, look a similar. We haven't had the start to the season that we would have wanted and desired, and like we've had a really good pre season. But look, everyone's winning the league in pre season, Um, (laughs) and like again, we're not quite clicking. Um, It's not through lack of effort, we just need a little bit more time. Um, yeah, like again, the scoreline I don't think reflects. Quite how good some of our attacking opportunities were. Like our, our defence let us down, and um, we let them score too many tries. But look, there, there's some definite positives to take away from the weekend.
0: And, and from a personal perspective, Sarah, obviously you you've made it into the Opta Team of the Team of the Week uh, for for your performance, uh, noted as a, a, a try a try assist for yourself. So must be pleased about that at least.
1: Yeah, no, I'm not sure quite how this team of the week works. I got bombs <laughs> to Belter in defence, so I needed some making up to do, um, so therefore the, the intercept was definitely my try, but um, <laughs> no, I thought they were going to catch me, I knew Flo was going to get it in, and yeah, Flo we'll, we'll finished it off about there.
0: No, no our limitations, that's a, that's a very good skill to have. Uh, we're, we're not all 50 metre galloping in from, uh, from halfway, I certainly am not in that space, so uh, <laughs> I'll talk to you a wee bit about uh, sort of before professional rugby, before uh, your sort of your experience prior to it. I'll, I'll start with you, Ellis. Um, I want like to talk to you a bit about university because uh, you 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 quite a quite a quite a good university career. Um, ha, ha, talk talk to me a wee bit about how it was play, playing at university. How big is rugby at university now? In, in your experience, and, and and just yeah, just give us a wee bit of insight into. It.
2: So university rugby to me has like I think that's how I grew up. Um, I went to uni when I was just turned seventeen, so I was still quite a young gun, Um, and I'd only been playing rugby for just over a year. So like it was all very new, very shiny, very exciting. Um, And I think university rugby is it's I would describe it as a lot less technical, but a lot more fast. So everything is faster. um, Everyone is smaller and fitter, and like just can gas you on the outside anywhere. So um yeah it's just it's just a it's just a different game I think um so for me it like developed a lot of those like soft skills um passing stuff like that um and yeah I loved it I my yeah I was there for a long time <laughs> I was at uni for six years so <laughs> I would definitely say that I grew into the player I am today um at, at Edinburgh and it's definitely it's uh gaining a little bit of traction now with them. Um, I saw the is it Good Scars Rugby that have got like a connection with the unis now. Actually, I think it will be really, really good because um, it's very entertaining rugby. So I'm glad that it's getting a bit of a bigger audience now.
0: Yeah, that's, it's absolutely brilliant to see. And as you say, these connections that are starting to be made, you know, be, better late than never. But, we'll, we'll, you know, yeah. it's good to <laughs> get there. Yeah, that's a common theme. I think we'll touch on a wee bit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and yourself, Sarah, you... Not not university. Let's let's talk about your career outside of rugby. Um, you you are in the RAF. Is that is that
1: right? Yeah. So I'm um, a police officer in the Royal Air Force. Um, currently on something called elite athlete status, so they pretty much give me the time to to train and put everything into to rugby, which is amazing and, and represent the Royal Air Force as I do so.
0: Is, is that elite, uh, So is that a specific uh, military thing that elite athlete status,
1: or is it, you know is there other yeah. support? Um, so all across the three services, army, navy, royal air force, we all do it slightly differently. But in the royal air force, it's something called elite athlete status. And myself, Amy Cocaine, and Karen Caris Williams Morris are all on it. Um, so basically, you kind of have an application put in you if you're representing international level. Um, and if your union supports it um, then you kind of go through a board and different hoops to jump through Um, unfortunately they, they sort of sign me off um, and yeah it's it's amazing like I definitely wouldn't be in the shape I am now without the support of the Royal Air Force to allow me to to put the effort in because at one point I don't think contracts through Scotland were probably I didn't think they'd be on my playing career um, on the cards anyway um, so that's sort of changed pretty quickly over the past year or two um but yeah before that like the the royal air force definitely um yeah hats up the support from not only the organization but my branch the police branch has been awesome
0: yeah and obviously i think you've you've touched on it slightly there uh, sarah that you know that has that support all, always been available to you through you know through your play obviously in scotland it wouldn't have been but through your playing career down south, have you have you always been able, has your employer always been supportive of your rugby career, you know, or has this, is this something that has been a bit of a step change recently?
1: Yeah, so in terms of the Royal Air Force, um, yeah, always supportive, regardless of what sport you play, the transferable skills from playing into the organisation, whether that's teamwork, communication, leading, quick thinking, like it, it all goes hand in hand and, and helps... Not only my sport, but my career, like the both jobs go hand in hand. Um, Prior to the Air Force, I was teaching and that was a bit difficult. The more professional, so to speak, the game was going through Six Nations. We went from literally coming in two nights before the game to, okay, we're now being on the Monday ahead of the game. And it was just becoming increasingly difficult and not really fair on my students that I was then not in for weeks at a time. Um, so yeah, that, that was quite difficult, not through lack of support from my school, just through the nature of the beast.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's, that sounds about about right. Um, on on that on this topic as well, Alice, I'll just briefly touch on. Uh, you know, we've obviously we've got some professional contracts available in Scotland now. Uh, we've just had the news uh, regarding the Celtic, the, the Celtic League, and you know Scotland are going to Glasgow and Edinburgh are going to have, have women's teams for the first time. What, what's your what's your view on this? And uh, surely it's a huge positive.
2: Yeah, I 100 think it's I think it's going to really bring, like specifically those girls on and um, those women that are able now to play at a standard that wasn't available to them before. Um, I think obviously in Scotland we've been trying for a while to branch the gap between us and like top four nations um, like England, New Zealand and I think we're definitely getting there and we're making the strides forward I think something like this is like the perfect way to bridge the gap between international rugby and club rugby um, so I think, uh, yeah I think it's really exciting and to have Edinburgh and Glasgow on board is like also exciting for those girls who I mean I, I, you know Grew up watching Glasgow Warriors, like to be able to have the opportunity to play for the team that you grew up watching. I think so exciting, and yeah, I just think there's loads of different opportunities can come from it, and I think it can surely only be a positive um, to have that opportunity.
0: Yeah, one of, one of the things we talked talked about uh, last week, Sarah, on the podcast when we were, we were talking about this topic was that it's almost Scotland for the first time is almost ahead of the curve. In terms of having two established brands uh, and, and using them to align the, the women's team for 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 this league. Um, will will we be will we be seeing you in a Glasgow or an Edinburgh shirt anytime soon, Sarah? <laughs> Do
1: you know what I would love to love to come up and play I Just yeah, with the, the way that the PWR is working at the minute. I actually don't know how it will work for us Scott's down, down south, but maybe soon, one day. We'll let's,
0: let's never say never, never say never. Uh, let's come on to the, the the main reason i've got you on so th- thanks so much for, for uh those those uh, answers and thanks for playing along with the barbarian stuff with me um let, let's talk about the women's rugby association um this is the independent players union that's been formed for the Premier 15 uh provides support and a voice for the players um that that this was going to sound a wee bit like a, a, a school quiz so obviously your teaching background here is going to help sarah but uh, so tell us a bit about about the actual um, association itself. When was it established? What, what's, its, what's its purpose?
1: Yeah, so established, I'm pretty sure it was 2021. It pretty much came off a lot of the issues through COVID and lack of support, medical issues in the women's game, players having to crowdfund, crowdfund ACL reconstructions, for example. Um, yeah, and Nolly... Emma Lax, Polly Barnes and I want to say it's Holly Hamill um, both funded the WRA and pretty much established to support um, confidential advice for members, but also to give us as players um, a voice that can be heard. The women's games in a really exciting, I guess, transition period where we can really kick on. We're starting to see money put into it. We're starting to see an appetite of for the game and people wanting to watch it and actually us as WRA representatives along with our sort of advisors we have a real opportunity to influence where the game's going to go.
0: Uh, it's almost like we've practiced this Sarah because that's a beautiful segue. Ellis um, What you, you guys are both representatives uh, in the association what, what does being a res- representative mean and you know what does that entail? Yes
2: yeah, so I think it probably means something a little bit different for each member of each team depending on how they interact with the rest of their team how they put forward ideas and things like that but um essentially i'm acting as a voice for Leicester tigers within that board Um so every single team has a representative forward that was elected by their team and then if they have any issues or anything they need help with they can use them as like a first port of call um to come to the, the union and like basically bring forward what they what they have um Currently it entails meetings, <laughs> we have only had a couple, um, but I think that it will be a really nice place and a good place to like share our ideas and, and be able to actually make a difference, um, I think that's the main part is that it gives you like a foothold to actually change something instead of just complain about it, which I think that is something I hate doing, I'd rather actually you know try and get something different, so um, yeah it's really exciting to be on that board.
0: Uh, are, we, are we aware of any changes that you know has has the has the board actually managed to influence any change so far or is there stuff in the pipeline oh ellis has popped herself on mute sorry
2: i muted and unmuted. currently right now um i think last season actually i'm not 100 sure i'm yeah. <laughs> so sorry i'm drawing a blank Bond, uh, are you aware of right. anything
1: yeah i know i'm like Alice keeps speaking by me at
0: this point i'm googling frantically in the side so...
1: yeah, no, they've, they've done so like much stuff yeah, yeah uh, I don't know
2: what. oh they've done a, a, a oh my god <laughs> Okay,
1: a big one that they have done is a lot of the contracts that we have signed across clubs are all vastly different not overly aligned and the WRA has come in especially for this season and brought some sort of alignment and, and fairness within the contracts another one that we kind of touched upon before was medical provisions the WRA are, are very much pushing for that actually a minimum standard for all clubs in the PWR have to have cover they have to support their athletes if they get injured with x y and z so they're like the two, two two sort of headline ones um and then also things in the pipeline networking opportunities for potentially uh, big brands coming on board not only to help us financially but us to provide them with okay this is what we do at clubs this is how we lead on the pitch this could be potentially influential and beneficial within your own business so yes yeah, a two-way thing but there's different things on the pipeline but given that we're still in its infancy already, we've we've already shown some positive change.
0: It's interesting you mentioned both the. I'll come a wee bit more depth into both those topics because those are the main ones I noted down as as, as well. Um, it, it's interesting you are talking, uh, Sarah, about that that transferable element and you know the the actual benefit for. For businesses uh, to, to to come in and learn from you know international rugby players uh, is 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 that something we're we're going to, uh, you know is that something we're going to see more of across both men's and women's rugby? Is it or is it quite prevalent at the moment?
1: Yeah, I I'd say it's something we'll see more of. You you see it with international athletes in particular outside of of probably rugby already kind of going into businesses and, and sharing on their, their ideas and experiences. And I think actually rugby's a really good sport to do that because you're working as a team constantly. You put your bodies on the line for one another. You Your success is determined by how much trust you have with one another. And that is really relatable in a business. Like it, it, for example, if you're working in an office and you walk past 10 colleagues a day and don't even say hello, that could make a huge difference but sometimes it just takes someone from outside the organization to be to say okay something simple like this could make a huge change to your output and how valued your colleagues and and workers feel so yeah I think it's something that sport in particular rugby can really um influence and help out across sort of that cross link.
0: Uh, yeah, I absolutely hundred percent agree with that. It's uh, the the rugby pitch is is, is is a definite preparation for for uh, some of the corporate nonsense you have to put up with as well. So, uh, come to you just now, Ellis. So in terms in terms of obviously you're saying the we the thing itself is into the uh, rugby association's a wee bit in its infancy. But what what's the initial feedback been on the service? Have you had any initial? feedback from people on the service and, and, and how it how it's functioning
2: Um. so obviously being at Leicester Tigers no person within our club really apart from a couple who've been at other clubs from last season um, have really utilized um the boards hall um, or the Union in, in general but I think what's actually come of it which has been really really good is like I've already had so many people ask questions and I think even having the forum to, for people to kind of think about things that they wouldn't usually think they had any say in. Um, you know, I've had a few people asking questions about how our games are broadcasted and streamed. I've had a couple of people asking questions about whether or not they can utilise the union's resources for their own unions. So, like, obviously, within our team, we have multiple different nationalities that all play for multiple different um, unions. And they want to know, like, look, can we use this support elsewhere and like all those sorts of questions are really good because even if we don't 100% know the answer and we are still building and trying to understand what we can do better it gives us a platform to start figuring out what it is we need to target what it is we need to sort of narrow down and so that's been really good and just sort of not feedback per se but like feedback in in the kind of form of questions has been really good.
0: No, that, that that that's good to good to hear that people are t- people will be taking an interest in it and starting start to get engaged. Um, let's come on to one of the one of the big standout topics within the very well presented little website that uh, the the Women's Rugby Association have pulled together. Um, medical and welfare, Sarah. Um, you touched on it earlier on as well. Obviously, a push for a minimum standard. Of, of medical and welfare care you've talked about people crowdfunding for for serious knee injuries and various other things uh, let's cut to how bad is it and you know how far have we got to go to to get to that minimum which should never be our aim anyway but how, how bad is it out there
1: uh, do you know what? I'm probably not the best person to ask for this because I play at Harlequins and the medical support there is outstanding like yep. The physios, the docs, the links they have with surgeries within London. Like I, for example, I did my collarbone last season. Within two days, I was seeing one of the best consultants got it operated on. And like I know I'm in really good hands. So from a Harlequin's point of view, they're outstanding. Um it's not the same for other clubs, but I haven't been involved to to speak on them firsthand. Um so it wouldn't really be fair for me to comment yeah, on those, always... but Yeah, I just from stories I've heard, it's not all the same. There the definitely needs to be a minimum operating standard that is a benchmark. And clubs like Harlequins, uh, I'm pretty sure Tigers, I know Saris are pretty decent. they sort of leading the way on it.
0: Well, I'll, I'll, I'll actually I'll come to you, Ellis, as well. Yeah, so... Great to hear, actually, Sarah. That you know Harley have got a, a good setup, and that that's a real, real positive. Ellis Leicester, the same same sort of setup. You happy with the provision?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think we are quite lucky. Like as as Bond said, like we've got that good relationship as well with our physio team. Um so we've got like full-time physio full-time doctor and um, a couple of sort of part-time people that come in as well and um, and everything's looked after very well i know evie Wells at the minute is going through acl rehab and like you know there's times she'll be in the gym with a physio and it's one-on-one the entire session and stuff like that i just think because i think we talk a lot about like the big things so the fact that we can't get acl reconstructions etc etc we're having to crowdfund these are the big things but i think the things that are almost equally important as the little day-to-days, like having to do rehab by yourself in a gym every single day is really soul destroying. <laughs> um and it's really hard. Um, and having just the like that support mentally as well um, makes such a big difference. So I think that is yeah like at tires we're definitely very lucky. But as Bon said, like I've definitely heard you know worse definitely worse stories. Um, I know that just last year I think Charlie Willett had to crowdfund for her acl i'm not sure if that was done in the prem but the fact that that even had to happen when she was playing such an elite standard of rugby it's just like it's not good enough and um, so yeah there definitely is still things going on that that aren't 100 great but i think we're quite lucky in the clubs that we're in we're getting very well looked after
0: and and you know that's obviously it's great great to hear and good uh good praise for for the you know use of obviously you said a good club so you know it's good good to hear um from from your perspective, Sarah, what, what's next for the for the Women's Rugby Association? What's you know we've talked a wee bit about the pipeline, but what what else are we we going to get involved in and and try and drive change in?
1: Yeah, for me, a big one is sort of um, steering the sort of workshops that we're going to offer. Um, a big one for me is is finance um, with professional contracts coming in or girls doing bits on the side. Like I personally. I'm lost when it comes to, to money. And I don't think many of the girls have ever had to experience that. Because they've either had jobs that the tax is sorted for them and things like that. So a big one for me is, is pushing that, um, is driving more sort of women's equality and fairness. Um yeah, and I guess just seeing where it goes, seeing what doors it opens. Um there's probably some things that I haven't even considered yet that will come across with the meetings and and the connections that we make through through the WRA. So I'm just excited uh, to see see where it leads.
0: That's absolutely brilliant, Ellis. Same question. What's what's next? What's on your agenda for for this?
2: Um, yeah, I think same. I think for me, I'm quite interested in the contract side of it. Um, I know that every club does their contracts differently. They pay their players differently. They give out amenities differently, but I think that there is quite big disparity between players at clubs and also different clubs. Um so I'd love to know like what else we can do around that. Is there such a thing as a minimum operating standards around that? Um like that sort of idea. Um I'm also really interested in like our engagement in general, people how people engage with women's rugby. I think as a league we could probably be better um at engaging with people and then allowing them to engage back and get more viewers, get more bums and seats, things like that. So I wonder, sort of, as a union, what there is else that we can do in that sort of aspect, make it fairer and um, better for the players, really.
0: And that's obviously that you know the the engagement levels over the the international game around Rugby World Cup and you know the, the TikTok Six Nations the tie in with TikTok and stuff like that it's been incredibly uh, successful and the content itself has been incredibly successful so no doubt there there's some some learnings there um, right let's let's park park uh, Rugby Association for just now and let's talk a wee bit about twenty twenty three. Uh, we're coming to the end of the year, you know. Um, f- from your perspective, Sarah, you've talked about, you know, you'd, an injury. Um, how was 2023 for you and w- what what's your ambition for 2024? Yeah,
1: 2023 was a bit of a roller coaster with injuries and niggles picked up. However, to go to South Africa with Scotland and take home some silverware was pretty awesome. It's been a long time since... Scotland women have have lifted a trophy and to be involved in part of that squad was huge. That, like, honestly was a bit of a cherry on the cake. And in terms of going into 2024, we've got six nations around the corner. A top four finish would be class. We've got three, like our target games, three away games, Italy... Ireland, Wales, that would be awesome to, to come away with some pretty good results um, and for the club season again top four is not off the table we'll see how the next few weeks go but just to enjoy rugby and yeah. um, I think sometimes we fixate on what's next what we have to win what we have to achieve and maybe forget to just enjoy the game and play some heads up fun rugby so that's on the cards what a what a fabulous statement
0: yeah I, I absolutely love that it's brilliant <laughs> uh, ellis yeah same question 2023 how was it and and what's your what's your plans for 2024
2: um yeah 2023 was quite outstanding for me i think um obviously we got the contract at the end of the previous year but yeah, obviously that. that year was the first year of being a professional rugby player so it was like a bit of a dream come true Um, so that was great i got my second cap and then on three, four, five or something I've kind (laughs) of lost town now Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but like for me that was such a big deal because the time obviously between the first and the second I think was quite big and I think this was the first one that I felt I actually really earned Um, and I was really like proud of that and um, yeah to then go to WXB and as Bon said like lift that trophy was surreal Um, and I think we really are starting to sort of Changed the narrative around rugby and um, for women in Scotland and um, and you know we're a team that wins now so long may that continue and um, into 2024 definitely Um but yeah again I, I'm gonna have to echo what's like has said I can't say anything different because I just want to love rugby which I do so that's my goal for 2024 definitely and like as much as winning games and all that sort of stuff definitely adds to the enjoyment and um, if we're going out there and doing our best and having fun then It'll fall into our lap, I think.
0: I mean, yeah, absolutely. I think that's we can't say much more than that. I, I'll finish up. with, I've got one more question, and I'll come to you specifically, Sarah, on this one. You've been around the Scottish national setup a wee bit longer than us. Um,
1: I'm an oldie.
0: I, was, I wasn't going to say that. You've, you're you're a more experienced campaigner. Let's put it put it that way. You've yeah, more, ca- it. more more caps. Let's put it that way. You you've been around the Scotland team when we've had. Um, big periods where we've not been winning games you've you've seen you've seen pretty pretty big results you know bad times a lot of false dawns as well how good is this current setup and how far can they go
1: oh yeah trust me those those bad times probably have made the team that it is today and yeah. um, we're literally a band of sisters Um and i think the lessons that we've learned we've grown hugely as a squad and we've pretty much grown up together on and off the pitch and the young players we've got coming through are phenomenal like Fran McGee making World Breakthrough player of the year nomination. We've got young guns like Ellis like bring in that depth. So our training is good. We've got a 15 on 15 that could any one of those 15s in either of the teams could start and that is what's going to push us on to the next level. Um yeah and I just think sort of it, it started right back in I guess when Shade was coaching us, making all those sort of small changes. Um the sort of feed that we've had through from Scottish clubs from Edinburgh uni. Um girls playing down south who were just learning and growing the tricks of the trade and yeah like the change has been huge, but long may it continue.
0: Long may it continue indeed. Uh, if we can have another season like twenty twenty three and you know what was it six on the bounds at the end of the end of the year yes please we'll, t- we'll take that any day thank you so much for your time uh i really really appreciate it it's really interesting to hear uh, your insights into uh the the rugby association and also just really good to hear a bit of your background so thank you for your time uh thank you to everybody who's listening along to this we'll be back next week with some more content uh i think we've got our christmas quiz next week which will be very exciting and i think cammy's got some extra special stuff planned for it but for now it is goodbye from me goodbye from sarah and ellis
1: well thanks guys Thanks.